For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, February 8th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... more essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Shauna Theriault. Good morning. And none other than Logan Daniel. Good morning. Hey. Both of these young, uh, upstanding individuals are... Uh, Financial planners by trade uh, might not be there. You know, Michael got upset with me one time because I called him a financial planner. I was like, "It's what you do." Anyway, it's not his. It's not his official title, so he was upset with me. Anyway, I'm sorry again, Michael, if you're out there listening. Uh, anyway, uh, for Hensler Financial, you guys do work in our planning and implementation department. Uh, I know, Shauna, you've got a CPA, a uh, CFP, and CDFA. And a CDFA. Divorce. So everybody knows what everything except that last one is, you said. A divorce financial analyst. Right, yeah, certified, right? Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, Logan, what what all you got going on? Got the CFP and then the CRPC, which is Retirement Planning Counselor. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've never fleshed that one out much so what is entailed in uh, being a certified retirement planning counselor it's similar to kind of the cfp coursework except that kind of focuses more on the retirement side social security medicare okay um kind of specific in that role i see and uh resident expert yeah there we go i guess (laughs) there you go so uh resident expert in divorce uh, in divorce And and we've got a yeah there you go how about that all right, well, uh, let's look at what the market has given us this week. Um, if you look at the 12-month, the longer term, which, uh, you know, I always make the case it's easier to forecast the longer term, but uh, volatility between weeks is always uh, tricky. But the 12 months, last 12 months, we've seen almost 25% gain in the S&P 500, 2479 S&P uh Information technology sector, 48.69%. This is a runaway. I mean, it's it's almost 20% ahead of utilities, which is second. Now, isn't it weird to you guys that we would have information technology as number one, utilities as number two? Yeah, very odd. Sector. You're the opposite direction. Yeah, usually they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, market's going down. You expect utilities to win big. Uh, market's going up. Information technology makes perfect sense. Um, energy is down over 10%. 10%. Yeah, over the last 12 months. And uh, 
And still, you know, still dropping. Yeah, it's still weak, really weak. Um, you know, we we've seen some things that would cause us to believe. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Uh, volatility in in the oil patch. We've had things go on in the Middle East that we thought, yeah, okay, so you know, oil prices are going to spike. Didn't happen this time. Uh, you know, when we had. Uh, could be Irans. oversupply, right? We have oversupply. That's, that's what it's been more or less since 2014. Right. You know, the Saudi Arabians um, forced the, forced the uh, price of oil down for quite a long time, just trying to find the bottom of uh, of our fracking technology from uh, Western North Dakota. That's a fun word to say, <laughs> right? Western North Dakota. Western. It looks well, like they. No fracking is what. They're I'm near. Right. The, they're <laughs> near the bottom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> no doubt. But uh, yeah, Western North Dakota. I, you know, I lived in North Dakota for a minute. You uh, did? Yeah, yeah. I, I was in the that. Air Force. Oh. And uh, when I was I in the that, Air Force, I, I was stationed in Grand Forks, North Dakota, for about three years. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Georgia, and they decided, oh, you you like uh, you like things <laughs> around Georgia, so you can go to North Dakota. It's yeah. Not at all the same. It's not even close at all. Good scenery yeah. up there. It's about well. It, I, I guess. I mean, you can see for miles and miles it's flat as this table, and there's about as many trees on it. Yeah. Uh, North Dakota is definitely different than Georgia. But um, moving on, last in the last week we've gained 1.83% uh, for the S&P 500. Uh, consumer discretionary is up 3.67, which is a change uh, from that Information technology always leading everything. Materials have gained a little bit of strength at 3.2% gain in the week. And guess who's in the basement? Still energy. energy. Yeah, down 1.5%. Utilities, although they're number two in the 12 months, uh, is the only other sector that's negative, and it's down 0.78% in the last five days. So um, if you just want to look at what's happened in our short year-to-date, what are we, a month and a half in, almost? Um, S&P 500 up 3.6%. Here we go again. Technology up 9.43%. Energy in the basement, 9.55. Mm-hmm. Uh, and materials, as you said, Shauna, down 0.97% as well. So um, materials and energy on the... The, the low end of that, utilities and information technology, still the two big winners. Um, the only sense you can make out of that utilities strength, uh, I say the only, I mean, they pay good dividends. That's always a good thing. And dividend-paying companies did pretty well last year. Um, but uh, we had three interest rate cuts, and, uh, you know, it, it makes perfect sense that that would be going on. Year-to-date, we haven't seen that, though, and we still have utilities leading. Well, aren't there indicators that we could get another rate cut? Or no, no, no. It's, it's opposite yeah, of that? It's long, long-term. Uh, you look maybe toward the end of summer, uh, we start seeing some indications that we might have another rate cut. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it shouldn't move prices yet. I, it's kind of strange that we're seeing that at this point. But Is that uh, people just still chasing chasing yield? Better yeah, than I think CDs? that's precisely yeah. what it is. Yeah, you can get uh, yield on a stock, uh, so they want that cash income. Flow. Yeah, they want to they want to cash flow from their investments. So you see people that are reaching a little. I you know the only warning I'll give them is uh, 
you know, the volatility in the stock market is still somewhere between 17 to 19% on a year-over-year basis. Uh, the volatility in bond investments, 4 to 6 yes. Uh You're taking on significant risk to get that that uh, short-term income. Mm-hmm. So uh, be careful. That's all I would say. Uh, you know, dividends are great. Uh, some of those utility companies can give you 35 to maybe as much as 5%. Uh, percent on an annual basis, but um, you're definitely stretching your your risk uh, when you're reaching more for uh, yield in that regard. Uh, We got a few um, economic indicators this week. January ISM manufacturing survey brought some uh, encouraging news, but uh, factory conditions are unlikely to improve. We're uh, you could argue uh, pretty easily, I believe, that we're in kind of a manufacturing uh, recession, if you will, and there's been a lot made of that. Um, the uh, increase uh, in December uh, shows, well, this is a dis- an increase of December numbers previously reported, uh, moved up from 47.8, so this is a revision to 50.9 in January, um, better than, you know, a, a lot of folks expected. So anytime you're above that 50 number, it's considered expansionary. Anytime it's below it, it's considered contractionary. Obviously, contractions are are uh, closely tied to recessions. Um, interestingly enough, I bet you guys didn't know Janet Yellen was in town on Wednesday. I did uh, not. There was an Atlanta uh, CFA Society meeting, their annual forecasting dinner where Miss Yellen came to town and talked about all things economics. Uh, I was one of the many pointy-headed financial analysts <laughs> in the room. Uh, I enjoyed listening to her. I mean, get some more insight into her beliefs than you would get when you just listen to her, you know, as the, the head of the, the Federal Reserve, our central bank. But uh, she did say that she believes that uh, inflation is, is more or less being managed well and doesn't expect to see inflation get out of hand anytime soon. I know there's people out there probably smashing their radio or whatever listening device they're using because inflation can move pretty quickly at times, or at least history has shown us that. Uh, but she believes that uh, it's being managed well. Um, and we'll probably see low interest rates for quite a long time. Um, I think by now uh, we've almost gotten accustomed to low hardly rates. getting paid on. Mm-hmm. on we were uh, excited about two and a half, three percent, and now here it is—a yeah. whole another yeah letdown, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we got a ten-year that's still yielding one and a half on the Treasury. Um, that's, uh, that's hardly anything. That's almost just, that's three months. Is it? What? What? You can get money market money. Yeah. At 1.3, right, yeah. which is cash-like in our opinions, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the three month is about 1.3. There's a 70 basis point, 0.7 percent spread between the one month and the 30 year Treasury offering. Wow. Yeah, wow. just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, that well, that, we that explains see. your utility. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Last yeah. Year and year Logan, you you put it perfectly when you said. People are stretching, trying mm-hmm. to get that yield. But, um, you know, again, you know, be careful. It's uh, not the uh, not the absolute best way to get yield. You are taking significant risks when you deal with that. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll 
talk about a financial situation and answer some questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. When you have money, you start investing in your future. When you start investing in your future, you start worrying you'll make mistakes. Oops. When you start worrying you'll make mistakes, you can't sleep at night and watch infomercials. Pick up cat hair, some clothes. When you watch infomercials, you think you can get rich by placing tiny classified ads in newspapers. When you place tiny classified ads in newspapers, you subscribe to those papers to make sure your ad is running. When you subscribe to a bunch of newspapers, they pile up at your house, making it look like you're not home. When you look like you're not home, Girl Scouts don't come to your door. When Girl Scouts don't come to your door, you don't get to buy Girl Scout cookies. Don't miss out on Girl Scout cookies. Get rid of get-rich-quick schemes from infomercials and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. Troy Harmon here with Shauna Theriault and Logan Daniel. Uh, I think it's fitting that we should probably mention that uh, Girl Scout cookie sales are... We've we've already seen the orders placed, but you'll start seeing them in front of stores within the next week or so because I have it on pretty good word. My mom is a uh, Girl Scout cookie mom for the troop that uh, my oldest daughter is part of, and uh, they distribute cookies in the Atlanta area this weekend. There you go. So That's a good hot. sign. There you go. All right. Uh, well, we have a situation we want to talk about talk about today, but I do want to give you uh, a way that you can get in touch with us. Uh, our question hotline number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you call in, you'll hear our recording. Uh, you leave your recording, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you prefer to call and talk to a human being, we've got a number for you there. 770-429-9166. And, oh, by the way, if we say anything or if, uh, uh, you know, that, that might prompt you to want to talk to us in person, uh, I always encourage you to call. You can get a hold of Shauna and uh, Logan in this manner as well. Again, the number is 770-429-9166. If you just have a question for the radio show, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. Um, she will get you... Uh, get your question to us, and we can answer it on the air. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Hensler.com is also uh, our website, and we've got lots of information that's downloaded on that website. Uh, If it is a broad enough question, you can go to the website and uh, maybe even find answers for yourself. So, uh, again, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got a situation today. Um, Nathan, who's a, an older gentleman, 78 years old, with an, uh, a situation he lost a significant chunk of his retirement savings working with a bad broker. You hear these from time to time. It's not real common in the market, but uh, uh, in this case, a former colleague of Nathan's had introduced him to a broker who was growing Portfolios at an incredible clip. Sounds a lot like uh, uh, a, a Ponzi scheme that we heard of 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? Um, 
And uh, the colleague uh, retired early. Nathan was sure if he invested, uh, he'd be set for life and be able to do the same thing uh, and leave sizable amounts for his grandkids. Um, He was sold on the investments being no-lose, but in reality, they were highly speculative. Uh, Basically, it boils down to he didn't understand what what was going on with his investments. Yeah, so... um, when he was working, he was making $250,000 plus per year. In retirement, his AGI, adjusted gross income, went from 200000 to 50000 um, as he had to significantly scale back. Um, Nathan is now living in a downsized apartment. He had considered moving in with his daughter, but he's, he's found a way to make, uh, make things work. But, uh, you know, it really is tough to see, and quite often when you see those places where where folks have fallen prey to a to a bad broker um it is when they're a bit older and might not have the ability to bounce back from that significant time on your side right so you know we wanted to go through this uh one thing that that dr jeans always talked about is follow the money if uh, you don't understand what you're investing in or how your investment is going to make you money you should probably avoid it um so, uh, you know, once in a while, you'll, like I say, you'll hear about these things. And and this situation doesn't seem as if it were that somebody was stealing his money, like would be going on with a Ponzi scheme where the advisor is uh, is directly taking your money and spending it on fun, exciting, exotic trips or yachts or whatever. No, but you do have to understand you know, how your money is being invested, how they're getting paid, understand the risk of what they're doing, you you know, and and not all stockbrokers are bad and have bad intentions or anything like that, you know, but it's different being in a brokerage firm versus a registered investment advisor. Right. And we are a registered investment advisor. So by definition, we are governed by the SEC and a fiduciary. Okay. Exactly. And a fiduciary meaning. You have to put their needs ahead of your own. Right. At all times. The client comes first. No different than an executor or a trustee. Right. It's the mm-hmm. same held at the same standard whereas yeah, right down to the point where we have to watch closely on the expense ratios for the investments we choose for the individuals. Right. right. And, and so, you know, if you're a broker, you are governed a little bit differently. That doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that they have to give you suitable investments. Correct. Many times they they're more transaction based. Um, you know, you just understand not all of them. That's not a blanket statement, but you just have to understand how they're getting paid. Are they getting paid because they're making trades in your account or because they're selling you product? What are, how are they getting paid? Exactly. And and in the uh, re- registered investment advisor uh, model, actually, the the billing is as, as a fee based on the assets Typically, of the client. Typically, absolutely. So uh, you, you align uh, incentives, meaning that if the client's uh, assets grow, then your income would grow as well. Yeah. Sit on the same side of the, the table. Sit on the same side of the table. Exactly. The market's up, you make more money. If it's down, you make less. Right. Um, and and even if, if the market's down, I mean, it incentivizes the, the advisor to try to keep you from losing mm-hmm. your money and right. try to help them make more. So, you know, like I say, you, you try to adjust as well for those market conditions. But if you're dealing with a broker, especially one who's living off of a commission, it means that every time there is a trade, they get paid. So what you see often is 
um, and maybe even with insurance companies where, you know, some sort of an investment contract, whether it be an annuity or, uh, you know, just a straight up stock investment, uh, the more it pays, the more likely you are to be presented with some of those uh, type investments. So, uh, you know, it really is, as Shauna said, you know, we're not talking about every broker's bad. They're not. No. Um, but what we are telling you is understand who you're dealing with. Understand, you know, the the, the way that, that the uh, advisor gets paid and also understand what it is that they're pitching you before you buy it. So uh, in this particular situation, um, you know, there there are uh, several things that uh, we did want to point out. And <clears throat> the way that uh, uh, the way that we advise clients is is uh, substantially different. We're not going to sell you a contract based on insurance or any other thing and tell you this is your retirement. Right. Uh, we would have you purchase securities. Right. That are well diversified, that work together, uh, that will either increase your wealth, um, if that is the goal, or mm -hmm. based on your financial plan, if you're going to be using some of that money in the next 10 years, our 10-year rule would state that um, you put some on the sidelines in fixed income, and we still try to make sure that that fixed income portion, meaning you're buying bonds, uh, would grow at least you know, in the in the range of inflation so that you don't lose purchasing power while that money sits there, right? Yeah. That's right. your that's your no lose money. Um Yeah, as and, mentioned and earlier. it is it um, is high quality, so yep. we make sure that it's high quality or these days, I mean uh certificates of deposit that are tradable mm -hmm. on the market uh are often our our uh preferred investment. But um I tell you, let's uh before we continue warbling on let's take a real quick break and when we get back we'll talk some more about this situation and various others stick around you're listening to money talks From atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. All right, we've been talking about um, a situation wherein um, Nathan, 78 year old gentleman, uh, is struggling a little to make ends meet. Uh, he had invested or saved well uh but he fell behind due to the due to the practices of uh, a broker who really didn't have his best interest in mind obviously um but we did want to talk about probably the primary difference between just having a broker who's going to focus only on your investments uh and having a financial planner who will take care of uh helping you plan for your finances at the same time then helping you choose uh securities that will that will get you uh to achieve those goals that you've you've set on you know goals could be could vary uh whether it be you know a new house um, 
retirement goal, um, which is really the most common, or even getting the kids to college. But uh, you guys just want to walk through what you do. I mean, first part is finding out where the individual is, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people will come in and ask how they're going to invest the account, what are you going to do with my assets, and you kind of start off with you want to look at their full picture first, their financial plan, get their goals, and then after we had analyzed all that, then we would have the asset management discussion. What are, what are we going to put you in? How are we going to allocate your account? Um, so it's almost like the last thing we do. We don't recommend a product. We don't recommend products anyway, but we don't come into the first meeting saying we're going to sell you this to right. solve everything. And we're really not selling anyone right. any, any product. Thing, right? right. It's uh, it's a matter of buying it for their account. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have basically what we have is uh, various models that we've got set up. Some of them have, uh, some of them are a little more aggressive than others. Um, uh, first steps, though, is we find out a little about the individual. We yeah, find I mean, out who they are. Exactly. Generally, run a financial plan that tells us two things. It says, you know, this is you're living within your means. It's a means testing. You know, you meeting these goals based on your current assets, your income, your spending, and your long-term goals. Do, do you make it? If not, what do we need to do to change things now? Right. You know, mm-hmm. so that you meet your goals. That's the first thing. The second thing is the target asset allocation with the 10-year rule. You know, right. so any money we project you need in the next 10 years should not be in the stock market or anything right. in growth-type investments. Right. And so it gives us a starting point for a target allocation. But, you know, Logan and I see this all the time where people come in and they do have a financial advisor. I'm not picking on financial advisors, but, you know, they've run cash flows and they give them an allocation and that's it. But no one's looked at their estate plan. Do they have enough life insurance? Do they, you know, they look at the full true picture. Right. You know, are your beneficiaries in line with it? It's, every, it's a look at everything. Yeah. Um, you know, all insurance, estate, the whole financial picture. Right. Now, you know, part of this story was uh, uh, the individual, Nathan, um, allowed the the broker to know that uh don't want to take too much risk and then he saw uh a lot of risk being taken in his account so wh- what if just the opposite happens what if an individual comes to you guys and says you know what i want to make as much money as possible and you look at their situation and you say maybe that's not for you uh what do you do with that do you just invest them how they want well, I mean, you would you would give them recommendations. Based You're trying on to educate them on yeah. our right. philosophy and how we would do it, and hopefully steer them to align with their goals. But yeah, so it's it's a, a huge piece of it, right? Sure. The investigation. Well, uh, if, and the at, the other, at the end of the day, yes. it's their money. So you know, if they yeah. want us to do something a little bit differently, I mean, most of the time people come to you because they want you to advise them, not because they want to tell you how to manage it. Usually, right? And that's very rare to have someone come in and say. This is what I want. This is what I want. But, you know, it does happen, and that's fine. And, you know, we obviously just document that the client directed this. and Yeah, and you, I assume you have those same conversations as to, you know what, when you take this kind of risk, there's volatility involved. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it it doesn't seem like who you are. What winds up happening, I mean, Shauna, I know I've been on calls with you about situations like this. Uh, The market gets beaten up in a a month, and... uh, they call and say, yeah, but I was supposed to be making all this money. I was investing aggressively. Why Why did my account go down so big? Because you're invested aggressively. And exactly. more and aggressive than the market. That's right. a long-term approach. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's still, there's there's a lot of, I mean, 
as a financial planner, don't you feel at times like you're part-time psychiatrist oh, or absolutely. psychologist <laughs> absolutely. at least? Yep. And, it, you know, I think it's, it's And I'm happy to best. do that. You know, it's right. we are a, a firm that is an educational firm. We try to educate our clients, employees, everyone. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to sit down and they tell you the situation. And sometimes it is very, you know, like helping and counseling in a marital situation or kid situation or what have you. Right. Yeah, the the thing that I think is, is really... Um, interesting to focus on is is uh long-term histories not so much the the year to year uh you know this is a point that i make quite frequently it's a whole lot easier for me to tell you what i believe is going to happen to the stock market in the next 10 years than it is for me to tell you what it's going to do next year and the reason being the standard deviation of uh s&p 500 returns on a year-over-year basis is about 19 to 17 percent so i'm way right in there uh, the standard deviation over a 10-year span is about five and a half to six and a half percent. So I could tell you, you know, what what I think the next 10 years are going to be, and uh, theoretically, I should be a whole lot closer to hitting that number than I would be telling you next year. Now, it, you know, it is one of my duties to forecast what comes next. But uh, honestly, when you guys make a financial plan, what do you use? As far as returns are concerned. The long-term historical averages. Right, exactly. exactly. So the 10-year rolling average is, mm-hmm. is the more right. common thing. And what is that return? Uh, 11%. 11%. And that's what we assume in retirement accounts. Right, I- including dividends and mm-hmm. everything right. else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, inflation, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, 20 years even, has been around 2 to 2.5%. Two it's been lower lately. Um, and uh, we assume 4.6 percent. Right. And why would you do that? Just to be conservative. Exactly. It's more conservative. So you assume that the cost of things go up more. Uh, but in reality, over the last few years, as long as uh, the stock market has done um, that 10.5 percent or 11 11 percent, we assume. And it has. Uh, and that way it's actually done even more so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take it from the bottom of our last recession, which was more than 10 years ago at this point. It's been over 13, almost 13.5% mm-hmm. on an annualized basis. Well, and to go back to something you said, the fixed income, you know, we're assuming 5% of the projections, but we're also assuming an inflation rate of 4.6%. Right. So Helps offset some of the ex- assumptions so, Exactly. That we're now. So we're not getting that much in fixed income, but inflation's not also there either. Yeah. So back to your point, as long as we're keeping up with inflation. Exactly. And, and you know, that's what we build into the projections. Right. You know. So you... Um, it's it's probably wise to look at what a client has in their investments when they come to you initially right mm-hmm. to see and ask them a few questions about those things well i so mean i've had some clients come in prospects and they have a fixed income portfolio because they're conservative and it's junk bonds that's not oh, conservative no but they or thought it was conservative because it was fixed income yeah what mm-hmm. about bond funds with uh, leverage and right exactly that, that they, too they think they be. have a bond but which they do but uh, yeah <laughs> it's highly levered right yeah so right. there's money borrowed on it they've mm-hmm. got more invested in bonds than the cash that's in the fund itself right meaning right. that they borrowed money to buy the bonds exactly. and, and that's very common and and um you know it's it's uh it's a way that these bond uh investors these portfolio managers can actually beat their chest and say, look, I beat the market. 
Well, you did, but you took more risk than the client wanted to take. Right. It's another one of those mismatches between, you know, what the client states uh, is their goal and um, what what they're actually doing in reality. And, uh, you know, if this raises any questions with anybody that's out there listening to us, like I say, in, in the case of Nathan, uh, it was a, a late-stage situation that... Uh, uh, made him have to alter significantly his way of life. Uh, we'd hate to see you in that situation. Again, if you wanted to talk to somebody about your particular situation, you can call us, 770-429-9166. Uh, you could talk to Logan Daniel, or you can ask for Shauna Theriault, both of whom can uh, straighten you out. I'm just the investment guy. These <laughs> these folks tell me what to uh what to buy for their clients, whether it be an aggressive portfolio, whether it be a conservative portfolio. And we have clients in, in various stages. And, Absolutely. you know, some of, the, some of the situations that we wind up talking about, often we'll have a client come to us who's been a great saver and they don't spend much money. And that usually seems to be synonymous, right? Right. They've yep. saved a lot of money and they've, they've uh, developed good habits over the years. They don't spend much money. They've got plenty. Uh, at this point, they're saving for their grandkids, and they still want to be just conservative as right. you know as they can be. Right. And you have to have that weird conversation. Hey, have you thought of uh, spending more money? Spending a little more money, or investing in a way that's a little riskier, so that you might grow. Because now you're investing for another generation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's some of the weird conversations that we have. Uh, that you might not think about, but uh, definitely, if uh, if you can't sleep at night because you're worried that your portfolio is going to fall too much, you're probably taking too much risk. Definitely call. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break. When we get back, we'll answer some more financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. In the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. We've been talking a bit about uh, the difference between a broker and a, a uh, registered investment advisor or financial planner. We want to move on. Uh, we've got um, some questions that folks have sent us in. If you've got a question of your own that you'd like for us to handle on the air, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, question hotline number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You'll call, hear our recording, uh, leave a message including your question. We'll play it on the air and answer your question right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human being, you can give us a call at 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show, uh, and uh, they will get you uh, to somebody who will get us your question. Uh, If you prefer to email us your question, you can uh, email to drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, Or you could uh, try our website, hensler.com. Again, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. 
Um, you can go on there. We've got quite a bit of information, financial tax, uh, you know, various items that uh, you might be able to find the answer to whatever question you've got. We'd love to uh, hear from you, though. So if you've got questions, um, get in touch. So we've got a question here from Roland from Canton who says, I met with my CPA earlier this week, and he mentioned I have a high concentration in a single stock. Some of the shares were purchased through normal investing over the years. Some I inherited from my parents' accounts, and then there was a period that I worked for the company and acquired shares through a stock purchase plan. Where do I begin paring this down? I guess uh, the, the the first question is we're talking to a CPA to get this. So uh, Roland, I think the first consideration was be would be what kind of account is it held in, right, Charles? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. If it's in a retirement account, it's easy to diversify. There's no tax consequences. But so you could sell without worrying too much tax. about it. Exactly. Uh, you know, some people want to hold on to their company stock. Most likely, it's in a taxable account if right. it's a company purchase plan. Um, but at any rate, you know, you don't want the tax tail to wag the investment dog. Exactly. Because you can really hurt your portfolio holding on to one thing and if it goes down or even if it doesn't even if it stays stable, you may not be participating in an up market because you have so much in one holding it's just not moving. Right. So you just run the risk of, you know, losing everything. I mean generally speaking, Logan and I tell clients we don't want to see more than ten percent in any one holding. Yeah. Right. And that's the highest. Yeah. At the highest. Right. Plus if you have a lot of stock in the company you work for you essentially have all your eggs in one basket. Sure. Yeah. So, so your company retirement. goes belly up, so does your salary. So diversifying so, out is a good strategy, even if there is a tax hit. And yeah. Of course, you can coordinate it by doing it over multiple years, or <coughs> there's different strategies. Assuming you inherited some from your parents, you might have got to step up in cost basis, which right. your gain could be less. Yeah. So. And since you work for the company and you have received some of this stock from your parents, here we go again with the psychologist. Quite often we see people that are emotionally tied to stocks. Absolutely. Yep. It's an investment. It uh, really shouldn't be something that you are so connected with that you cannot sell it. And especially if it's going to cause you major issues in, in life. Basically, let's face it, when you invest, what you want is cash flow from that investment. You're going to either get it in the form of a dividend or you're going to sell a portion of it, or you're going to sell the whole thing. And you can't spend stock, you spend cash. Right. And if it's in a taxable account, you spend the cash after tax. So, number one, in taxable accounts, tax is an absolute. It's the gatekeeper. You must pay that amount in order for you to get uh, a liquid investment. So you can go buy a car, buy, you know, your wife a Fancy diamond ring, right, Sean? Exactly. Fancy diamond <laughs> ring. Um, Valentine's Day. No. Yeah, that's right. Or, you know, for, for Logan, maybe, who knows? I don't know what Logan's into. Maybe it's a, a fancy hunting gadget. Is that, yeah, is that a possibility? Yeah, that's a good choice. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, for me, it's just uh, a candy bar and a, a, a Coke Zero. But uh, the thing is, if you're going to spend the money, there's probably a tax situation don't get too emotionally tied to your stock. It's, um, you know, and if, if there is no tax consequence, fix it now. I assume since he was talking to his CPA, though, it probably is a tax situation. Mm-hmm. And there might be a strategy that you can sell over a m- number of years to try to keep your income at a reasonable rate at the same time that you're not 
uh, there's a there's capital gains tax in a in a taxable account after it's you know been held one year. But it's much less than ordinary income too. Uh, exactly, and and it it varies though by the income because if it's below a certain level, you're only going to pay. Well, it might be zero Could if be it's zero. below. Right. What is it like seventy eight thousand yeah, dollars or something? If you're married, filing jointly. Yeah. So you know, if it's below that, there might not even be tax. So you could manage your situation. Um, in selling this over a, a period of time, 15% is the more common uh, amount. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's over 78, and it sounded to me like you just spat that number out, Logan, do you know the next step? Because there is a 20%. I do not. I just happen to look at the the lower threshold today. So. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, if it gets bigger, then you could have a bigger tax liability. But it's still yeah. I mean, if you go to the highest tax gains. bracket, ordinary income wise, if you're in the highest tax bracket, then you're going to be at 20% capital gains. Right. Right. Now, if he had said he just bought this last year, uh, the first thing that a tax person is going to say is uh, you can lower your tax rate probably if you just hold it. For a until year. Year and a day. Until you've owned it for a year. So uh, there's a few considerations that you need to, to take into account before you just go uh, fixing this. And I used air quotes. That's great on the radio. Don't know if you guys know it. gestures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can always look at donating to charity if you're charitably inclined. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good, a good idea. strategy we see a lot. Yeah, especially so. if you're already giving to a charity anyway. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks give to their church. So you can give them appreciated stock. Directly. And they'll just sell it and convert it to cash. And, and they don't pay the tax because they're a tax-exempt entity. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so you, you still know, get the tax deduction. It has to be a long-term capital gain property. It has to be held over mm-hmm. a year. Um, and you get and the tax deduction at current market value? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yep. So that's even better, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's so correct. So you don't have to realize the gain, and you're further diversifying yourself because yeah. you're giving away the appreciated stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, that's that? a good strategy to do if on stock. You don't have a cost basis on you that you know is a low cost basis you've had forever in a taxable account. Right, and it sounds like that might be the situation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've bought it all your life or, you know, um, unless you're Shauna, who's only 19 years old. Oh, please. Um, <laughs> and know, I have three daughters. That's kind of scary. <laughs> uh, well, you know, people do things. That <laughs> Go ahead, triplets. I'm not judging. <laughs> triplets, that's right. Yeah. Come on, Sean. I'm trying to make you young. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank yeah. you very much, Troy. There you go. That's the right word. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's look on. We've got uh, a question here from Charles from Sugar Hill. Says, uh, I've owned Constellation Brands since 2017. My advisor told me to buy more in December 2018, and then it tanked nearly 30%. I sold a little. I still ended up buying more in March of 2019. I've largely ignored it since. Overall, I believe uh, I have made a profit, but... I need to make a decision uh, if this should be a long-term holding. So, I mean, it sounds to me another one of those situations. They're they're pining over whether or not to sell it. But, uh, Shawna, you put it well when you said don't let the tax tail Tail. wag the investment dog. That's right. Uh, We say it around here a lot, and I still can hardly get it out. I have to slow down and think about what I'm saying before (laughs) I spout that one off incorrectly. But, uh um, it's amazing how many people are, I, I want to make money, but I don't want to pay tax. Well, just make less money. You know? uh, exactly. Make no money and you pay no tax. There you go. It's a good problem to have. Uh, <laughs> it tax is. Yeah. is definitely a good problem. You don't have to give it all back. It's just a portion of the profit, right? Right. 15%. There you go. Well, uh, you know, to answer the question, I would look at Constellation Brands, uh, the investment piece of this. Um, uh, the the beer revenue has grown by almost 13% in the past three years, while... Um, 
wine revenue has shrunk about 14 basis points or 0.14%. Uh, Canadian revenue also shrunk, but part of that is because they sold off uh, some of their investments in, in uh, Canadian companies. Um, it's it's often thought that, uh, you know, these investments are a great way to uh, uh, beat the recession. Uh, that has been to some degree true, but it's not always. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at this thing with 16.5% earnings growth, pretty attractive. Uh, they bought Canopy, so this is kind of a backdoor way that you could get uh, invested in uh, cannabis, but cannabis has been tanking lately, so uh, their investment in Canopy is uh, has fallen pretty significantly. Um, I, you know, all things considered, the stock is not in a bad spot, um, and uh, it's got a, a dividend of 1.6 uh, that's covered 3.2 times. Pretty safe dividend, probably a decent investment. All right, guys, uh, what do you say? Market up or down this week? Up. Going up. How about that? Two ups, and you know me, I'm a broken record. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments, It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.